EPA's fracking study faulted by its own scientists. That and other stories for the week ending November 22, 2015. I'm Jamie Sutherland. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. The EPA's own Science Advisory Board is challenging some of the basic conclusions that agency reached about the risks of fracking to drinking water. Earlier this year, EPA produced a report that said fracking posed no widespread or systemic impacts on drinking water resources. But last week, a panel of experts from academia, industry, and federal agencies said that the study was imprecise with its terms and did not clarify what it meant by widespread or systemic. The advisory board said that the EPA should have focused more on local consequences of fracking, and importantly, EPA's conclusions were inconsistent with the actual data found in the report. The panel said the agency should have focused on its own investigations into how fracking has actually polluted water in Dimmick, Pennsylvania, Pavilion, Wyoming, and Parker County, Texas. The EPA found water contamination in those areas, but ended its investigations before more testing and monitoring could be done. One major problem with the EPA's fracking study, according to Inside Climate News, is that the agency failed to complete sampling of water before, during, and after fracking. Important data that may have given the public some confidence in the EPA's conclusions. Is it hot in here, or is it me? Well, if you've been thinking that temperatures have been unusually warm, turns out you're right. Last week, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration announced that the average temperature for October 2015 was the highest for any October in the 136 years records have been kept. The temperature was nearly 2 degrees Fahrenheit above the 20th century average, a strong indicator our planet might be heating up. And nothing could be more symbolic of our warming Earth than polar bears. Climate change campaigns often feature the iconic animals stranded on a floating piece of ice. But is the image just an emotional plea to save the Bruins? According to a new study, polar bears are living more and more on land than they have in the past. The authors suggest that the loss of sea ice is forcing the bears to change their behavior. The study published in PLOS 1 looked at the habits of female bears in the Chukchi Sea between Alaska and Russia. The researchers noted that when the bears are able to live on the ice, they can feed on seals, which is their primary food. But when living on the land, most of what they eat provides less energy. The scientists worry that there could be a significant decline in polar bear populations. Meanwhile, on the flip side, researchers looking at the other end of the world, Antarctica, have found that Adelie penguin populations may increase as sea ice melts. A new study published at BMC Evolutionary Biology found that over the last 14,000 years, the number of penguins has increased by a factor of over 130 times. And the suggestion is that the current warming may lead to a greater number of the birds. The penguins form breeding colonies on ice-free land along the Antarctic coastline and forage on the ice during the breeding season. But the authors note that there are differences in the effects warming has. Penguins in other regions are declining. These complex issues associated with global warming made some of the people of British Columbia decide to take a stand. The city of North Vancouver wants to require climate change warning labels on gas pumps to make people more aware of how their individual habits contribute to greenhouse gases. One of the proposed warning labels states that using gas contributes to climate change and could cause the extinction of 30% of species on Earth. Critics call it Frankenfish 
But according to the Food and Drug Administration, it's what's for dinner. Last week, the federal agency approved GMO salmon, the first altered animal cleared as safe for human consumption in the United States. The Aqua Vantage salmon, as it's known, is an Atlantic salmon that's been genetically modified so that it grows to market size faster than a non-engineered farm salmon in as little as half the time. The company, Aqua Bounty Technologies, insists that its GMO salmon pose no threat to the environment. And in fact, they assert that their fish are good for the planet because they can grow with 75% less feed thereby reducing the product's carbon footprint. But the fish, which contain a growth hormone gene from Chinook salmon and a genetic switch from the ocean pout, an eel-like creature, drew swift condemnation from consumer and environmental groups alike. They're concerned about allergic reactions to the fish and what might happen if they were to escape into oceans and rivers. But some scientists have dismissed these concerns. William Muir, a professor of animal sciences at Purdue University, said the fish which are grown in land-based tanks are good for the environment because oceans are overfished and using wild-caught salmon as a food source is not sustainable. But probably the thorniest issue of all for opponents is that like GMO crops, Aquadvantage salmon would not have to be labeled as genetically engineered. But that's too much for retailers like Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, Target, and Kroger, all of whom have said they are not planning to sell the controversial salmon. And finally, it was World Toilet Day last week, a time to recognize that nearly two and a half billion people don't have access to improved sanitation and clean water. But how to raise awareness for this global problem? For developers of a mobile app called Pooductive, it's through chatting or playing games while you're doing your business. So we can make the world a better place by bonding over a roll of toilet paper? That's what the developers hope. They're working with charities that promote sanitation and clean water into developing countries. Initially released in August, Pooductive is being relaunched through a partnership with UN Water, the United Nations body covering fresh water and sanitation issues. But playing tic-tac-toe or texting with complete strangers while on the throne, for me, we're oversharing. And for me, maybe a bit bored. Hashtag first world problems? So what do you think? Let us know on Facebook or Twitter whether connecting on the commode appeals to you. But keep it clean. No potty language, please. This Week in Water is a production of H2O Radio and is sponsored by Colorado WaterWise. Learn more at coloradowaterwise.org.